Hello everyone, this is episode 735 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, August 28th, 2020. I'm your host, Mark Nez, and today I'll be talking about Manifold Garden, Street Power Soccer, Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon Infinite Combat, Lynn Path of Orchards, New Super Lucky Sale, and Double Kick Heroes. But before I get to all that, I just want to talk about stuff in general. So, I did something massive this past week and you'll probably hear me talk about it and say <laughs> that's not a big deal but for me and I think anyone who could relate it's kind of a big deal so for the last 15 plus years potentially since it launched back in I believe 2002 I have been a diehard Firefox user I've loved it since I started using it when Chrome first came out and everyone was like, you got to go to Chrome. Chrome is so much better. It's so much snappier. It's so much quicker, blah, 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 blah. I was like, nope, I am sticking with Firefox. Even when Firefox was giving me troubles, there was a window of maybe a year or two. There's not like a small window where Firefox was slow and sluggish and a pain in the ass at times and did certain things very poorly. But I stuck with it and I think that today it's a pretty good browser. It may still be my favorite, though I still have to just get used to what I've done, but I have transitioned finally. I don't know if I want to say finally, because it's not like, oh, I was planning to do this for so long, but I am now a Google Chrome user. And the reason why I made the transition is because over the last six or so months, I transitioned, I moved over to Google Docs and Google Sheets as opposed to Microsoft Word and Excel and all that because I wanted a thing for writing and spreadsheets that was online that I could access for multiple devices and edit and all that in the easiest and simplest way possible. I didn't want to get something, I, I, I didn't want to pay for Office 365 or whatever it is to have that available and I'm already a Google user in that that is where my email comes from that is where I I don't know how many people actually use this but I am a big fan of Google Keep which is basically just like sticky notes but I love that service I've been using it all the time my only issue with all Google services is that on iOS and I'm assuming on Android as well the icons are all white with the icon shrunk in the middle and it just kind of gives it's not the most appealing effect when you have all these white icons with smaller icons in the middle it would look okay if that was all i had but then i have at the top some full icons that's a a whole another thing but i made the 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 move over to chrome because i In another big thing I just did, which was ordering a laptop for the first time in seven years, because the last laptop I ordered was, or the last laptop I have, which I then gave to my father, was the MacBook Air mid-2013 edition, which may have been the first one. It's like the first or second generation of the Air, I believe, at least. And it still works well. But I really don't like Mac OS 
Like I, I really, really, really don't like it. I'm, I'm a fan of iOS and its simplicity. I don't need a lot of customization when it comes to my phone for the most part. I only wish that I could change the icons for certain things, even though for me, this no longer uh, affects me. The Garmin Connect app, which I've talked about with one of my friends, which is for their smart devices, like smart watches and all that jazz, that gives you information about your sleeping and all that kind of stuff that you would expect, you know, steps, blah, 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 calories, blah, 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 blah. The app icon is one of the ugliest app icons I've ever seen. And I don't know why it looks as bad as it does, how it has remained looking as bad as it does, and why anyone ever thought it didn't look like shit. Because it's just this, like, I think gray background and then it has the like g logo or something in there but then i think on the left corner it's got like it's either blue or like a blue line and it just looks horrendous it's not symmetrical and it's just why is that there do you want me to like turn a page you want to flip a page is that what you're trying like it's so stupid it looks like shit and it made me actively not use that app even though when you get in the app the ui and the information there is all great but the app was so ugly that i put it in a folder on a second page it's the only app i have in a second page because i like to keep my apps clean and, and not have too many on there so i only have whatever apps are on the first page and then four folders on the bottom and then that's it no additional pages i don't need a bunch of crap on my phone because i just want it for like email twitter phone messages and stuff like that but moving back to what i was talking about i think this is rambling because i'm like whatever this is this is my podcast i'm i'm able to ramble here but i moved over to chrome because with the laptop that's what i was talking about i just purchased the laptop i ended up going with the surface laptop 3 is on sale and i got an open box excellent edition not excellent edition but in excellent condition and i'm getting that in today so i'm excited to play around with that but after using my father's macbook air for the first time in a while just to write up a script i wrote the pokemon sword and shield script for attack the backlog on it i realized that i enjoy writing on a laptop so much more than at my desktop and it could just be that sitting at this desk is the problem or the freedom allotted from using a laptop where I can write some at a desk, I can write some sitting on a couch, sitting on my bed, laying down on my stomach, I can even do that. Like There are many more positions and way in which I can write with a laptop, but also just it, it clicked, it felt good. And I, I haven't felt that good writing the script for Attack the Backlog probably ever it just flowed i think it may also be that writing about that game in particular was such a unique experience and that it was very much so about me as much as it was about the game even more so about me it was a very reflective experience but after doing that and realizing how much i liked it, i was like i kind of want to have a laptop again for some basic things and i was looking at chromebooks and i I don't know. I, I know that a lot of people are like, these these cheaper Chromebooks are good, but I, I couldn't get past the Pixelbook Go. I'm like, I like the way this looks. 
and I can't get past that. And it's like, okay, look at the price of this. I pay a little bit more. I can get an actual laptop with Windows, which I like. I, I, I've never used Chrome OS, so I have no idea how I'd feel about that. I think it's just the browser, and now it, for I mean, for a while now it's had the App Store, but I don't know if I would actually like that and at a point maybe get annoyed by the lack of ability to use certain things and do certain things. So I opted to get a Windows laptop and I got the, again, Laptop Service 3, which I'm super excited to play around with. But since it's a laptop and I can take it on the go and can take it places where I may potentially not have access to Wi-Fi or any kind of internet connection, I was looking into how I would be able to access Google Docs and Sheets and all that offline. And the only way to do that, as far as I know, is by using the Google Chrome browser. You add an extension, and then you can turn on offline docs and all that stuff. And that is what pushed me over to Chrome. And it just, it makes sense given how invested I am inside the Google ecosystem with my email and Google Docs, Sheets, Keep, etc. So yeah, it's taking a little bit of getting used to. There are little things that I'm annoyed by, like on the bookmark toolbar, I like to have my main bookmarks. And then just at the very end, I leave a little space for things that I don't want to keep permanently, but I want to get back to sooner than later. And to divide between regular bookmarks, those bookmarks, I like to put a pipe in there to, to have as a divider. You can't do that on Google Chrome. Annoying. But there was, when I Googled this site that is basically just like, this site exists for putting a pipe in Google Chrome. You take this link, you put it in there, it'll give you a pipe. And if you click the pipe on the thing, it'll just take you back to that page. So it's just like, okay, that's one workaround. Then the extensions thing, like... There is not as much customization with Chrome. That is a little frustrating. The extension button section where you can have icons pinned so you don't have to like click through and then get to the, the scroll down bar or whatever. I want to move that to the left of the, why can't I think of the name of the URL section of a browser right now? But I want to move that to the left of that area to back and forward and refresh is and not next to my account. I want it on the left side because that is where the similar thing I used was on Firefox. I can't adjust that. That's a little frustrating, but overall it's, it's been an all right experience. It's, it's a fine browser. I was able to import all my bookmarks and everything. And then I started cleaning out and deleting old bookmarks. I am now going through the process of just checking all of my saved logins and passwords. I'm like, what is this for? What is this site? Does this site even still exist? Like there are passwords in there for FrontBurner, the old site that I, I worked for for a time being that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, it's, it's now a, a site about something, but it's a different language. So I don't know all that, but yeah, that's enough about me. Let's get on to what I've been playing. But before even that, what is it? Gamescom opening night live happened? I think that was what it's called. Hosted by Jeff Keighley, who, being Jeff Keighley, had to throw in some bullshit random awards during the thing, which was just weird. Like, 
I think Little Nightmares 2 won best Switch game or something, or best looking Switch game. I don't know. I don't know what that meant. Best looking in that the visuals were really nice or that it looked cool. I I would never exp- I would never call Little Nightmares. I I played Little Nightmares for Attack the Backlog. I thought it was fine. I could see a sequel refining the game and making something that is really great because part of the problem with Little Nightmares the first one was just that it had atmosphere, it had the mood and all that, but the puzzles and all that weren't all that interesting. But yeah, I, I would never think, oh yeah, this is the the best looking Switch game. Just, a, just random awards. But there were a few games that were interesting to me and some that have been announced for a long time. I, I guess that I just don't pay attention. Like one is a, a, a VR game, Medal of Honor. I don't know. Just Medal of Honor VR. Search it and then you'll find it. It's like, it's not air and destroy. I don't know. But it looks really good. It's an Oculus thing that Respawn is making, which makes me feel very confident in its quality. But it, I think, will always be exclusive to the Quest, I'm guessing. I I guess they paid for it or something. But that has really made me or to an extent has cemented my desire and plans to get a quest depending on what this second iteration looks like how much it costs and all that jazz and if it like sells out right away i don't know because i'm not i'm not going to be rushing to get it or anything but that game looks really cool i mean it just looks like a fun medal of honor game that happens to be in vr and I know that my dad would be so, so, so into that. And I really want to play Beat Saber. And I don't want to play it. I've I've just avoided it on PlayStation because the hand tracking with PlayStation for me has just been garbage. And I don't want to play a game like that that is all about hand tracking uh, when it's gonna probably going to be terrible. But the game I want to mention that stood out to me the most and I'm most interested in. There's also some more Ratchet and Clank footage, which looks awesome. It is apparently a launch window game, which I, I don't know what launch window means anymore these days. I kind of like to think that the wa- the launch the launch window is three months max, but who knows? I I I don't I can't say for sure because they just said launch window. They didn't give any more details. Of course they didn't give I mean, they weren't going to give it that. That was a games showcase type of thing. But the month is almost over, and we still don't know the prices or release dates for these consoles, and it's fucking annoying at this point. I don't want. I don't give a shit about your games or your services like Game Pass or any of this crap. I don't care about any of that right now. I just want to know how much your boxes cost and when they're coming out. That's all I care about right now. PlayStation did something that just annoyed me even more by saying, "Here, you can sign up for." Getting your first access to when pre-orders go live. Fuck you. Just tell me when the fucking price is. Or not tell me when the price is. Tell me what the price is. And tell me when it's coming out. Or at least tell me what the price is. And then, I mean, if you know, once we know the price, that's when pre-orders go live. Because you, I don't, I don't think there's ever been a case where it's like, this is going to cost this much and pre-orders aren't live. But anyway, the game that I thought looked really cool was this game called Teardown, which is a voxel-based construction type of game I, I don't know what the goal of the game is but the destructibility and the 
worlds that exist in here are or is really really cool i think it might end up being a game that gets old fast where you just don't have anything to do outside of destroying buildings and then just watching the spectacle but in terms of having interactive environments and creative destructibility and it seeming to be a completely and wholly destructible environment and and objects and all that it looks so cool the the voxel aesthetic looks great i think it's only been announced for pc at this point but i am excited to mess around with that game whenever it comes out because it just looks so i i love destructibility red faction gorilla is still a very special game because of that i don't think any game has really come out since then that has had anything close to that the bad company games might have come out after but even those games were limited and were not as free and that like okay this wall or these types of walls will always explode in this type of way it was what much more scripted in terms of it like you could destroy a lot of buildings but it was much more scripted destructibility and, and i like the f- more free form of gorilla but yeah check out teardown if you like destructibility in games because it looks super super cool and just like i i, I just want to go in there and wreak havoc but that is enough rambling and nonsense i have no idea how much i've been rambling for at this point but i feel like it's a bit too much so i'm gonna get on to what i've been playing so starting with manifold garden it is a first person puzzle game where you're manipulating i guess i think it says gravity but the way it works is that and the, the visuals are super trippy-esque and if I did drugs, I'd probably be doing drugs when I was playing this game. Because I think they'd go well together. And I mean the marijuana. Not hard drugs or anything bad like that. Just the marijuana. Which is legal in Chicago and Illinois now. So I could I could do the marijuana. Not that it does anything to me. I've had it I've had edibles, but they've done nothing for me. Outside of making me think or wonder. This is my experience with edibles. And I've had ones that are fairly strong that other people have had. And they're like, oh my God, I feel this so much. For me, when I've eaten an edible, because I, I wanted to try it. I've tried both like the, the ones without PHP or whatever. Like There are the ones that have like the health benefits without the intoxication of it all. And then, you know, the one that gives you everything. And I wanted to try it out to see if it maybe helped with my back pain. Didn't help at all. And then I tried one and it has everything. It's as though it throws the kitchen sink at you. And for me, this may just be the way marijuana affects me. I didn't feel all that different. I, I didn't feel weird or anything. The only thing I thought was I don't feel weird except just a little bit, but am I feeling weird because I'm thinking I should feel weird and therefore I'm feeling weird because I'm thinking I should feel weird which may actually be the way I'm supposed to feel because it maybe makes me a little bit paranoid of myself and all that I it wasn't a pleasurable experience so I never I I don't do it anymore because it's not like oh yeah man look at all these colors I'm seeing these like 
when my mom has used it, I think. I, I, I don't know. She uses edibles to help her sleep. And I don't know. I think maybe it was like a bad one, expired ones. But there was something where she's like, man, I took this or that. And I was just seeing lights everywhere and colors everywhere. And it was just crazy. And I'm like, man, I, I, I experienced none of that. This is a... Apparently the tangent show, as you can tell, but Manifold Garden, first person puzzle game where you are getting into these spaces, these rooms, and you're able to manipulate the orientation of the room. So you get to the edge of the floor and wall, and then you can rotate. And what you're doing is essentially up to a point where I had to stop and I'll get to that. But from what I played, you're going to these rooms, you are initially doing very simple things. You're just manipulating it to reach a button that you can press and it'll open a door so you can progress further. Then these boxes will come into play that will stay like frozen to the surface they're on whenever you're not on their plane of the, the space. But when you're on there, then you can manipulate the objects. They will also fall if you are trying to like, raise them up. And you then can use multiple objects from different planes to create, say, steps or platforms so that you can hold an object up and then pick it up on another plane and, and stuff like that. And it's it's a really cool little puzzle game that provides a decent challenge that, that makes you think and sometimes there was a case where I was overthinking a puzzle but I think from what I experienced the first half hour or so I really like the visuals I like it's a very minimalistic style but trippy in the way things work and there are certain puzzles too that involve you falling from a high space to use momentum to reach somewhere like you can't you can't jump in the game but in order to make this gap to pat to across this gap between these two platforms you fall off it and then you're just using the momentum in the same way that you kind of did in portal where you would create a portal and then keep going through them to build up speed so that you can make a further jump this you're just falling and then eventually the world repeats itself but you're going through these areas using these boxes to help you one get around the space and then to turn on switches that you can open up spaces and progress forward and i got to this point where i had to turn on these three lasers that would allow me to enter this dark zone or this dark area this little bubble and i turned them all on went into the dark area grabbed the box that was in there so i'll just call it the dark box like i got the dark box and having this open this door that was closed prior to that, and I think it's the door that I came in to get into that area, but I went back through that door. And when I dropped the box, I noticed that the door closed behind me and the switch in front of me couldn't be used. I couldn't, I couldn't touch it. And I was like, okay, if I put the box down in the doorway, the doors won't be able to close and the switch will still be active. That must be what I have to do. So that is what I did. And when I did that, it like faded into white. And 
just, I think, respawn me back to where I was. Except the dark box was gone. That door was closed. And I didn't know what the hell I was supposed to do. So I walked around for maybe five minutes or ten minutes. And just tried to find what it is I was supposed to do next. And then I decided to look for a walkthrough online to see what I was missing. And I'll give the developers of Manifold Garden a lot of props and appreciation that they have on their website, their own website, a walkthrough for the game. And they state, you know, these are spoilers. Don't, you know, use these unless you really have to. But I think it's awesome for a developer of a puzzle game like this to have right from the start a full-on guide to all their puzzles because it is very easy for someone to get stuck on this puzzle or that puzzle, even if it's maybe just them overthinking it or whatever. Having that resource and having it from the official, from the developer of the game, super, super cool. Love that. But what I think I was supposed to do in this scenario was take the box and just walk off this edge of the platform to get to a certain, like, I can't remember because all I know is that I checked a walkthrough of video. I saw what happened or I skipped to this thing happening where this giant object came in the sky that was made up of like a bunch of little objects and I had to then take other things to affect that giant object. But that that giant object never appeared in my world and the dark box didn't respawn. I couldn't get through that door. I don't know where the dark box was, if it was still in my world or not. And I got to a point where, as far as I can tell, I am stuck without any way of progressing. And that's frustrating, because I really like the game. And I'm pretty sure I saved after it all happened. Or no, I did save after it all happened, because I think I, I saved after like respawn. I'm like, okay, I think this is a good place for me to stop. But I'm going to save here. And then, you know, I'm just going to like maybe mess around a little bit more and try to just see what exactly I have to do next. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do next. And yeah, I think I'm kind of screwed there. But it, it I, I don't want to have that and my experience discourage you from checking out the game because what I played up until I potentially broke it, I really liked. I thought it was super cool. Love the visuals. The puzzles were interesting and made me think without making me frustrated at any point. So I appreciated that as well. Like I, I love puzzle games when they hit that sweet spot where it's not so easy that you're just like breezing through it, but it's it's not so difficult that you get to the point where you're like, okay, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do. Unless you get to a point where you're like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do. Oh, it's because I maybe broke the game. But uh, yeah, that is Manifold Garden. I played it on Xbox One. I think yeah, I played every all, all the games I'm talking about are Xbox One games. Or I play them on Xbox One outside of, is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon, infinite combat? But I believe it's on everything. I know it's at least on Switch because it was part of the whole indies, nindies thing that they recently had. But moving on, I played some Street Power Soccer, and this is an arcade soccer game. And oh, what a bummer this was. I was so looking forward to this. One, I think it is 
incredibly overpriced for what it is. I think it's $40 and it should be a $20 game. It is reminiscent of the 2K Battlegrounds or is it 2K Battlegrounds the the NBA basketball game. Is it 2K Battlegrounds? I don't remember. But it's reminiscent of that which I think both those games are 30 bucks, but even more so it gives me vibes of this, I think it's like three-on-three basketball game that is a free-to-play game, and it reminds me of that, which not super great, but the problem is what exists in the game isn't all that interesting in terms of playability, given that it's street soccer. The spaces you're playing in are very small. You can have one-on-one, two-on-two, or three-on-three matches, when it's three on three, it's just like, man, these people don't even have anywhere to move around. It's just weird. But you have your basic type of match, and you just do that. There's, a, I don't know, story mode or campaign or something that is not... I wish there was just some kind of franchise S mode or something that was just about building up my team and going through their process and playing games, but the the way the single-player thing campaign works is that it's just a bunch of different mini-games, essentially. Or just like It throws you into the various different modes and just has you keep doing those and gives you objectives. Like, okay, do this number of tricks and score this number of points or do this or whatever, and you have to win this one or you don't have to win. Like, it gives you certain objectives that you have to do in order to complete the challenges. It's basically just a bunch of challenges. And that was a bummer. But the the game itself is made up of a handful of modes. You have your basic soccer, which is, you know, again, one-on-one, two-on-two, or three-on-three. Three. I'm, I'm assuming you can adjust the settings and rules, but the default is first to five goals wins. There is a hexagonal one-on-one or not hexagonal octagonal one-on-one space that is like an mma fighting arena or whatever with these very small goals to to hit the ball in and those are not that much fun because it, it's such a small space even though it's only one-on-one it's just like this constant back and forth i might steal the ball from someone and then the momentum is pushing me for the to, to the goal but it's a little off and then i miss like there are so many missed shots in that mode that it is a bit frustrating. There's a rhythm type of thing where you're doing tricks, and I could not for the life of me figure out how to make that work. It would show me a list of tricks and the buttons I need to press to do the trick, and I would press them, and then nothing would happen. I'm like, okay, I don't even want to play this mode, but even trying to play this mode doesn't seem to be working. Then there is a trick shot type of thing where... They throw you into a space and they're like, okay, hit these three objects and then it'll move you over to another area of that or another part of that area. Hit these three objects and they'll be, you know, high up in the sky or behind this or you'll have to hit it inside of a, a bucket or something like that. That was fine. It's kind of reminiscent of the virtual, not virtual fighter, the virtual tennis little challenge things that you could do. That was okay. But the the core gameplay just isn't fun. The, the soccer isn't fun. And yeah, it's it it a real a real big bummer. Because I was so looking forward to this. I 
love arcade sports games. I miss when they were a much more prominent thing. I think the last real great time for arcade sports games, and to me, it's probably my favorite time for the arcade sports games was like 2002 to 2004 when we had NHL hits, MLB Slugfest, Red Card, which I think is the one that people forget, but was a great one. And it was, there was only one of those, which was uh, the soccer one. I don't think the the Blitz resurgence was part of that. I think that came later when they did the whole, you know, bro, bones, the bones breaking shit and all that, which I was never a fan of. I the, the thing about the new Blitz games as opposed to Slugfest hits and Red Card is that I think the Blitz game focused too much on being extreme and not so much just being silly and over the top and fun. I don't remember them being as fun to play as those other games. And the extreme bone-breaking shit, which is now very well known as being part of the Mortal Kombat games and to a similar extent, the Sniper Elite games, I never thought that... I thought that was just kind of gross and it it makes more sense in Mortal Kombat and Sniper Elite. But in the football thing, I was just like, I just want silly over-the-top tackles that aren't pausing the game and showing me the slow motion of their bone breaking. I just It it just didn't do anything for me. And I can't remember what those games were called. I think Blitz the League was like the last one, but I think there was a different name for them prior to that. But, yeah, the core gameplay in, in... Street Power Soccer just isn't that great. Even if you take away everything, even if you fixed everything and made the the, the spaces bigger and what have you, the the shooting shooting is fine, and you can hold it down and push on the left analog stick or I think the left analog stick to adjust the curve of your ball, which makes getting the ball in the 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 hoop into the the net very easy it's probably the easiest soccer game i've ever played in terms of scoring because it basically just locks on in the regular mode but passing and not, not so much passing when you're on defense and you're trying to get the ball or if there's a loose ball in general you pass and you miss a pass or, or anything like that you have to get basically right on top of the ball to pick it up and, and it becomes really frustrating because I'd be so close to it. I'm like, why why aren't you picking up the ball? The AI doesn't give a shit about picking up the ball. If it's a loose ball, you have to make sure you do it. There are times where the camera doesn't move quickly enough to one side and then you're kind of stuck looking at the area that you were just in while the the other team is attacking. And you're like, I can't switch over to my goalie or the defender who's who's rushed over there because I can't see exactly what's going on. And I was like, that's that's weird. That's that's not good at all. And it just it wasn't a lot of fun to play. It was super easy. The defense and like the trick system seemed inconsistent. And some of the and some of the tricks that you could do, like I don't know if they're based on each individual player because there's a cast of maybe 20 or so characters. I don't know if they each have their unique ones, and then they are repeated amongst characters, but some of the tricks are so OP compared to other ones. Like, there's one where you basically just, like, flip, do a a complete somersault over 
your opponent, and that one is just like foolproof. You'll you'll never lose a ball when you're doing that. But uh, yeah, street power soccer is a huge bummer for me. I think it's overpriced, and I just I can't recommend it to anyone. And I think it was in that Gamescom thing they showed again that anime soccer game, and that one was just like, okay, give me that. I want that now. That looks super cool. I hope it's good. I want Shaolin Soccer the game, and give me it. So. My hopes for a good arcade soccer game are not yet dead, but this is definitely a, a, a wound, a deep wound for me because I was I was super hoping that this was going to be really good. Then, is it wrong to try and pick up girls in a dungeon if in combat is a an action RPG based on the anime of the same name minus the infinite combat, of course. And if you've read or... I, is it a light novel? I think it's a light novel. But if you've read, is it wrong to try and pick up Girls in the Dungeon? Or if you've watched the anime, this picks up right from the beginning. So you're not getting a side story or, or getting something that happens after season one or after season two even. You are you are starting off right from the beginning, which is fine. But the, the, the problem with it, and if you don't know what it, it is, it's... Well, it's not an isekai because it's not about being transported into another world, but it, it feels very much like an isekai type of anime where you are this young adventurer, Belle, and you are part of this familia with your your goddess. Yeah, she's a goddess, Hestia, who, of course, is a bustia because she's busty, but she's Hestia, and She's incredibly annoying. I hate her voice acting, whatever. The voices from the anime sound good, uh, despite me just not liking Hestia's voice in general. But the the whole thing is that you are this young adventurer. Of course, you're going to end up to, like, you are special. There is something special about it. You'll learn it as you play. And the, the way the story is handled is, is good. But the, the problem that often plagues a lot of these types of anime-based games is that when you actually get to the plane, it's not that good. The action RPG bits, you are thrown into a type of dungeon crawling setup where you are, you're basically like little chibi figures and it just doesn't feel good to navigate the space and to attack. What is super frustrating is that when you are attacking an enemy or just attacking, I mean, if you if you attack and then you try to do this without attacking an enemy, it doesn't matter. You have your light attacks and you have your heavy attacks, and your heavy attack is like an area of area of effect attack, and you do like a little spin thing with your your sword. When you do this, there is like a cooldown where you can't move or do anything. You can't roll out of the way. You can't do anything, and it's not like there's a fatigue or a stamina bar that you have to pay attention to and be eyeful of and and worry about that in order to like you know, roll away and stuff like that. It's just that if you do a heavy attack, you will be opening yourself up for counterattacks for whatever. I think it, it felt like over a second. And that makes the usefulness of heavy attacks pretty much not useful because your area effect thing where you're attacking everyone around you, that doesn't push them back. So you can, they'll take the damage and then they'll just all beat up on you. And you're like, okay, that was a waste of my time. And then with the light attack, if you finish a combo, there will be a period where you can't roll out of the way either. And that just made the whole feel of combat 
terrible. I want to be able. To, I want to be able to move to to roll out of an attack midway if I can. But if I can't, I want to be able to roll right after. And if I can't, then I want it to be because I've used all my stamina and I don't have the stamina to roll. I don't want it to just be that. No, every time I do this, it's just going to leave me open for attack. And, and I mean the the attacking also doesn't feel that great. It just it's not a fun action RPG. The the way skills work is that you basically get like a skill point every time you kill an enemy, and you get a lot of them. And you probably think at first, shit, man, I've I've probably gotten like a hundred plus skill points in the first ten minutes, man. I could I could just upgrade my character so much, but it takes like fifty skill points to upgrade your health the first time, and a hundred to upgrade your attack. So you're getting a lot of skill points, but your skills cost a lot of skill points as well. But you can you can do story missions or just go off and do grindy things for leveling and all that. But it just it isn't fun to play. And yeah, I, I wish it was fun. I, I always I'm always hoping that these types of games will be fun, but they often let me down. And yeah. I'm just I'm happy at least that it starts off at the very beginning of the story because I mean maybe the game could have made it more interesting. The the second season of Isaron to try and pick up girls in a dungeon was uh terrible. Real, real bad. Then I played Lynn Path of Orchards, which is another puzzle game, but it is a two D type uh you know not type, it's a two D game. So you are controlling this character and you press, I think on some levels it just automatically starts you off, but you like press the A button or whatever to start your character. And you can only do a handful of things. You can change your direction, left or right. You can jump and double jump. And then you can do a dash when you're in the air. And the way the levels work is that they are constantly rotating in one direction or another. And then they might rotate like 90 degrees in one direction and then rotate 180 in the other direction. And you are trying to reach this door to clear the level. And you have three objectives per level to do that can range. Like one of them is to collect all the like little orb things in the area. Then there's another one for collecting like this, this big orb. And then depending on the level, you'll have like a a par time. So complete the level under in, in less than this amount of time or completed in the this number of moves or less and it's a really short game uh i believe it's four different areas of 14 levels each but it is i think only five dollars and i i really really liked it it's got a, a very nice pleasant aesthetic it looks nice it's got these it's got a nice color palette of soft and somewhat desaturated like blues and greens and red like it's it's got a very inviting aesthetic and color scheme it's got very pleasant music to go along with it and the the gameplay is great in that you can complete like one you don't have to complete all the objectives in one go so you can just focus on one and that that objective will always be complete you don't have to collect all these small pieces and then the big one and finish it in this many moves because i don't even think that would be possible so i like that 
you you can just complete the levels without going after any of that, but you will hit a wall at a certain point because you need to have completed a certain number of object objectives to keep progressing in the little campaign or whatever. But I I I, I like it because it's pretty easy to figure out how to just get to the door, but then how you solve them in a limited number of moves or how you reach this particular object and then still make it to the door and, and stuff like that is interesting. Like it, it's, it's creative and made me think more than I was expecting. I, I, I just, I really enjoyed it for, not even for like a five dollar book. Like I just, I just had a good time with it. Five dollars or however much it costs. I think it's five dollars, but I would definitely rec recommend checking that out if you are into puzzle games because it is something that won't take up much of your time, but it should be a good time, however long it ends up taking you. And then, last two I played, New Super Lucky's Tale. The thing about this game is, I started playing it. And I was like, okay, this is good. And then I got to a point where I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure I played this. And then I was like, what? Because I, I didn't really pay attention to what new Super Lucky Sale meant. And it is the, I guess, enhanced version that was released on Switch with some additional content. And it's now made its way to other consoles because Super Lucky's Tale did come out on Xbox One back in 2017. I played that. And I, that's when I really like, I got to a point in new Super Lucky's Tale where I'm like, this seems awfully familiar. And it's like, oh, that's because it's basically the same game with additional content, I think. But I can't, like, it's been so long that I can't tell you what the additional content is. But none of that matters because, regardless, it's still Super Lucky's Tale. And it's a really good third-person platformer. It looks great. Very bright and colorful. Feels good. You got a nice set of unique moves so you you can dig on the ground and stuff like that and yeah it's just very pleasant very simple you know I, I don't think it's a super challenging 3d platformer it is in game pass along with the it's not i don't think manifold garden is but double kick heroes which is the last game we'll talk about is also part of game pass so you you can try it Super Lucky's Tale is also part of Game Pass, but when I checked, Super Lucky's Tale, you can no longer purchase. It is only part of Game Pass, which is weird. When I got a code for new Super Lucky's Tale, now in my download list, my games library on Xbox One, it shows new Super Lucky's Tale and Super Lucky's Tale right next to each other. I'm pretty sure I already owned it. I don't know why they're next to each other. I don't know if you purchase new Super Lucky's Tale, which is $40, I believe, if that gives you Super Lucky's Tale, or if my... I, I don't know why that happened. But if you want to play Super Lucky's Tale, you can play that on Game Pass. But why wouldn't you just play New Super Lucky's Tale? And I... It's, just, it's a weird thing that I, I haven't seen often on Xbox. It may be similar, like, potentially, or in the Blind Forest, which had the Definitive Edition come out. You might not be able to buy the original one anymore, but it might be available part of as part of Game Pass. And I think, what's it called? Kerbal Space Program got an enhanced edition. And maybe that's the only one that's available to purchase again. I, I don't know. But 
if you if you like 3D platformers, like you know Mario Odyssey. I mean, it's not like Mario Odyssey, but you know Super Mario 64, like those in those veins, Banjo Kazooie, whatever. And you want something current that is that can scratch that itch. Uh, a new Super Lucky Sale is definitely worth checking out. And again, if you have a game, if you have Game Pass and you see some new games are coming out in Game Pass, you might as well just try them out, right? Am I right or am I right? I'm right. Then Double Kick Heroes is a rhythm-based action game where you are driving in this truck away from a bunch of zombies and shit, and you're like a metal band and you you hit notes along with the the beat and it's a a good idea that's not implemented well for various reasons one i don't think the music is all that great they do have this one mode that includes music from bands that aren't part of the main story or an arcade mode which is significantly better but another problem that i feel like with the the actual songs from other bands that mode the the notes feel more in sync with the music and you feel like you're actually kind of playing along with the beat and all that but with the regular mode it doesn't feel so much like you are hitting notes in line with the beat as the music is playing to attack enemies it just feels like this generic metal music that feels like it was made with GarageBand using just a bunch of samples is playing while you are mashing a few buttons over and over and over again. And because of that, it's not super fun. The difficulty goes from 1 to 100 super quickly, which surprised me. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure I played this one as like an early access game on PC. But... My biggest problem with it is that it it has pixel graphics, and I like the look of it, but because of the type of game it is and the way it's set up, your focus is going to be on this bar that is on the bottom, I don't know, eighth, sixth of the screen, because that is where the notes are coming by, and you have to focus on hitting the notes in order to do damage. And it just means you end up missing out on all the love and work the artist put into the game because you're focused on this little section of the screen that is providing you with the notes in order to do your actions. But on top of that, like I said, it there it doesn't feel like what you're doing with the, the, the notes and the music are aligned. And then the, the action is just that there, there are so many times where the zombies won't even be there. Like you'll have these parts where you're just, you have to keep shooting to keep up your, your string to keep up your multiplier and all that. But then the zombies aren't even there yet. So you're just shooting at nothing. It's just like, okay, make this more exciting. Make this more exciting. I wish I could just stop shooting so that I could just look at the screen for a second, but I, I want to keep this multiplier going. But what makes it more problematic is when additional instruments come into play. Cause initially it's just your kick drums. And then they add symbols and I think something else, which correlates to different buttons. So with the basic just kick drums, you can use A and B in order to shoot either high or low. So if enemies are high on the screen, you press, I think, the B button. And then 
If they're low on the screen, you press the A button. But if they're super low, you can't move your car to get to them. That you just have to wait for them to get to like the middle of the screen. So that's it's more so the middle of the screen. But eventually, you'll get grenades and a sniper rifle, which correlate to the the X button for the grenades and then the Y button for the sniper rifle. And then these will be additional notes coming that you'll sometimes have to hit at the same time, or maybe you hit them alternating or one right after another. As soon as that happens, it becomes a real nightmare to deal with this game. And I think part of it is that the notes are coming across horizontally. So it's like you, the way the notes are coming at you is like frequency, amplitude, those types of games, but put on its side. And it works in amplitude and frequency because they're coming directly at you. The notes are coming directly at you and they correlate to your controller left, right, and middle. So that just makes it like it, it computes in your head super easily. You could also in those games, you know, use the like left trigger and right trigger to do left and right and then just use one of the phase buttons to do the middle. And that just felt right. And what you're seeing on screen, it, it wasn't like, okay, I have to remember that this means that. The way it works in Double Kick Heroes is that there are, th there are three bars. The bottom one is the one for your basic kick drums, which correlate to A and B. Then just above that is a grenade, which is like blue. Uh, the, the yellow notes are for the basic attack. The blue is a grenade, which is your your dex button. Then the the sniper rifle is, I think, purple? And that correlates to the Y button. Trying to navigate those buttons especially if they're, they're coming all at the same time it's it's a nightmare i don't know if it would be better if it was coming up the middle of course i mean that would just screw up the whole the, the game and that it would block off the screen and have this thing that is just in between your vehicle and the enemies coming after you but even the way it's set up it just doesn't it doesn't feel good i i, I wonder if you could maybe maybe you can on pc with mods or something but if I was playing this with an actual drum set from Rock Band or, or Guitar Hero, maybe it would feel better. But even still, it just it doesn't feel great. It gets way too difficult way too quickly. When I was playing it, it never felt, or it rarely felt like what I was doing had any correlation with the actual music I was hearing. And then the music just wasn't great. So all around, it, it's a good idea that wasn't implemented well, for me at least. So you, can, you can check it out. Again, I, I believe it's on Game Pass. I, I waited to talk about it until today because I'm pretty sure it's hitting Game Pass today on Xbox One. Of course, on Xbox One, where else it would be. But yeah, it just didn't click with me. It didn't. It didn't kick with me. Huh, huh, huh. Uh, it didn't click with me on any level, and I, I, I really wanted to because I was pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure I played this when it was like an early access game, and that was a while ago. So returning to it, I'm like, hey, maybe, maybe I'll like it now. But sadly, that was not the case. So yeah, that is Double Kick Heroes, and that is it everyone i have no 
I have no idea. I have no idea how long I've been podcasting, but I feel like it's been over an hour and I'm scared to look because I, I, I don't look at Audacity as I'm recording. I don't want to look at that shit. So I just hit the mic. Arm. You okay? Are you okay, Arm? You're okay. You're okay. Are you okay, Mike? Okay. Okay. Anywho, that is it for this ridiculous episode. But I hope you enjoyed it. Once again, I am your host, Mark Kuznez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. <laughs> Why am I laughing? I was, yeah, I was about to go on another tangent about something anime related, but I'm like, I have an anime podcast. I don't need to bother you people with it. Short story, long, long, no, long story short. I'm not going to, that is a terrible thing to do. Long story short, I've been uh, in, in talking about, you know, using something for a very long time. I've used my anime list for a long time, but I think I'm pretty sure uh, when I say that, I mean 100% sure that I'm transitioning over to anime list because I can then use an app and it's just a cleaner interface and it's just kind of nicer. Anyway, once again, I am your host, Marcus Nest. Y'all can find me on Twitter pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast, Animes in the Baca, as I just mentioned a few seconds ago, and attack the backlog, which we'll have a new episode this Sunday, but I'm not sure what it is. If I don't finish something or whatever, it'll just be the Resident Evil 3 episode, which is already done. But maybe I'll get the a Way Out episode done and put that up. I don't know. But there will be a new episode this Sunday. If you haven't already checked out the last episode, please check that out. Please check that out. It was the 50th episode of Attack the Backlog, which is a huge milestone for me that I'm just, I'm still super happy about. And, and the fact that I've never, ever, so far, knock on wood, this isn't real wood. I don't, there's definitely, this is definitely not real wood. This is a cheap table from Walmart, but it's, it's held up, man. It is held up and it is, it's a nice table. I, if this table like broke in some way, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be sad. <sighs> more tangents but uh yeah the 50th episode was all about the legend of zelda only the past super happy with how it came out i'm super happy that i ended up enjoying that game and i'm just i'm excited for 50 more episodes even though the last two games i've played have been kind of miserable experiences and the next game i'm playing is gonna be very interesting because it is the first game i've used since setting up the spreadsheet so that I could try and pick games using a random number generator. So it'll be the first randomly generated pick for me. And I did do it with some adjustments. When I say adjustments, I mean, I randomly, I, I rolled the die. It's not, I mean, it's not a die, but I, I randomly picked numbers until I hit a game that I was like, I'm okay with this one. It took maybe seven games. I think two of them were ones I already completed, so those didn't count. And there were ones that... I, th I don't know. There, there was one that I think might have been some weird not-a-game game. I don't know. But I landed on... I'll, I'll, I won't uh, keep it a secret, because who knows when this episode will actually end up coming out whenever I get to... the. I mean, I'll play the game soon, but the game is... PID, I think, P-I-D, and it's on Xbox Live Arcade for the 360 and PC, potentially elsewhere, like PS3, I don't know, but I have it on 
Steam and 360, so I'll probably play the 360 version. It's not backward compatible, but it, it it looks like it could be okay. I looked at it. I looked at the visual. And I'm like, okay, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. Hopefully, that's not a mistake. But I, I did all that work so that I could utilize this when I'm not in a mood or a headspace to just pick a game random. Like, I'm in a space where I'm like, the last two games I picked on my own, really didn't like. Let this random number generator go. But anyway, those are all the podcasts. You can find them on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the art I make on the site. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend.